Good morning, church. All right, thank you for cheering me on. It's always scary to be on stage. Always. <laughs> now, this morning, I would like, like to share this uh, message uh, to you. Now, the last few Sundays, have you noticed, two of our pastors actually show a video. And both of the videos is delicious food. One is about a char siu, okay, roast pork. The other one is about, uh, was a beef stick, right? Now, this, today, I don't have anything, okay? I don't have chow kui tiao, I don't have lamb chop, nothing. But I actually watched a movie with uh, Pastor Andy from uh, Netflix, and the movie is called Red Sea Diving Resort. And we love this movie because it's, a, uh, it's about, a, it's a true story, based on true story. It's about a group of undercover Israeli agents, okay? This is real, it's not Mission Impossible, this is real one. It really happened, okay, in I think 1970s or 80s. It's about a group of undercover Israeli agents. They were in Sudan. Their mission is just one, to save and to smuggle the Ethiopian Jews, okay, in a war-torn region, bring them out. They're in Ethiopia. They will walk towards Sudan. They'll pick them up, bring them to the third point where the, the, the soldiers, the SEAL uh, uh, armies were there. I don't know whether you still call it Navy SEALs if it's not from U.S. It's the Israeli group, okay, the soldiers that were there, waiting to ferry them home to Israel, to Jerusalem, to bring them back home. Now, this is a true story. And no matter how dangerous the mission is, they keep going back to the, that, that, uh, the Sudan. They keep going back. They could have just stayed in uh, Israel, uh, uh, Jews, I mean, in Jerusalem, but they keep going back to smuggle and to save their brothers and sisters who is left in Ethiopia. They want to bring them back home. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to watch this short clip and then I'll continue my message. Let's enjoy.
All right, that's Chris Evans, the one who starred in um, as what? Captain America. Okay, you guys know him. Now, if you got Netflix this Christmas, watch this. Those of you who don't have Netflix, go to the people that have Netflix, watch with them. Amen? Okay, just it's very good because it's based on a true story. Now, in that movie, as you notice, the prime minister is the one that has the heart for the Jews. They feel that these Jewish people, regardless of where they are, okay, these are our brothers and sisters. They feel because they're suffering, they're dying in the war-torn country, they're persecuted. The prime minister said, I want to bring them home. So he sent his servants, which are the agents, to go and to smuggle them back. Now, in the Bible, there's a story like that, which I will share with you very shortly. In this whole story, there are actually a few key characters. Namely, I want to name two key characters that make this covert operation possible because the two of them share the same passion, which is to save their fellow Jews, bring them back home, regardless of how dangerous. They have saved hundreds and thousands of people enough. They don't owe anyone anything anymore. But they keep going back. They keep staying in Sudan to bring their brothers and sisters, bring them home. Now, two of them, in that movie, actually, they portrayed these two. Both of them share a motto. The motto is also the title of my sermon this morning, Leave no one behind. Leave no one behind. Regardless of how many people has gone back home to Jerusalem, there are still people in, in Ethiopia, in Sudan. They say, bring our brothers and sisters back. Leave no one behind. And Jesus actually shared this story, a similar story in the Bible. Now, if you have a Bible, let's turn with me to Luke chapter 14. It's a parable that Jesus shared. Luke chapter 14 Verse 15 to 23 is the context, but my key verse is verse 23. Let me read. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bringing the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant replied, what you ordered have been done. There is still room. Then the master said to his servants, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray that every heart here are open. They will listen to what you have to say, oh Jesus, through this parable. Help us to open our heart. That this is not just another sermon, this is your word. And you're telling us that we are servants, we are secret agents. There's a mission to be done here. And I pray to you, oh God, empower us by your spirit and compel our heart of your, to your heart, oh God, that our heartbeat will beat like yours. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. And now, every time when I preach, I always say this. Context determines meaning. Now repeat after me. Context determines meaning. Yes. Every time when you read the Bible story, you look at the background story, then you know what Jesus is trying to say in the current story. Always look at the background. So right now, 
I will just quickly run through verse 1 to verse 14 so that you know the background story. Verse 1 to verse 6 is about Jesus reaching out to the sick and to draw people out of the pit of sickness. It's very easy. He's trying to tell the Pharisees, you know what? If a, this is Sabbath, on a Sabbath day, you're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to even do good deeds. Okay? So, this, so Jesus gave a parable, very practical. If a child falls down into a well, you, you will not bring the person out. If a person is sick, can I not heal? Logic, right? It's not even a big thing. Very logic. Just go ahead with it. So verse 1 is verse 6. It's about Jesus, his heartbeat, reaching out to the sick and pulling them up from the peak of, uh, pit of the sickness. Verse 7 to 11. Jesus was reaching out to the lowliest and draw him out from the lowest place. Talking to the crowd. Hey, if you have been there and you guys are so busy wanting to sit at the front seat, want to sit closest to the, to the main host, you know, Jesus said, no, I'm going to see the one that's sitting at the last, lowest position, and I'll bring him to the front. That's his heart. And then in verse 12 to 14, it's about Jesus reaching out to the furthest end of the spectrum in terms of the society, your status. The one that's furthest away from the Pharisee. Jesus said, those are the people that I want to bring them close. Now, after Jesus shared all this story, this is where our story comes into picture. Verse 15. This is where verse 15 the Bible says, when one of those at the table with him heard what Jesus said, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Sound so holy. When you say that, confirm. You give the A-class answer, you will win Jesus' heart. But Jesus took the opportunity and said, you know what? This guy said the right thing, but with the wrong motive. So Jesus took this opportunity to share this story, this parable. And this is the one that we want to dive in today. Now, the last part, Jesus was at the dinner, correct? You look at this, the context, uh, he, was a have, he was having a dinner because he was invited. You look at verse 1. Jesus said the last part specifically to the prominent host, the one that invited him to the dinner. He was there in verse 1. He says, prominent host, not any host. He was a prominent Pharisee. In the midst of all his prominent guests, verse 3, you check out verse 3, who are those people? The cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. These are the group of people that will boost the host status. Now, if you invite people to your Christmas dinner, if you invite someone famous to your house, will you, will not your status get boosted up? Now, if you invite your friend, the person next to you, okay, sitting next to you now, if you invite, hey, come for Christmas, ah. Chris Evans will be coming. You go or not? You go or not? You sure go? So someone say, who is Chris Evans? God, watch Marvel, the handsome one. Oh, or maybe Thor. You like Thor, okay? Wow, if this superstar, Hollywood superstar is in your dinner, if you invite that, you boost your status, you see? Same. The prominent host only invite all the famous ones, including Jesus. You know why? If those people like Jesus, and Jesus is in my house, the people will like me too. So they invited Jesus, although they didn't like him, they invited Jesus. Smart, huh? It's political play. In fact, you look at the Bible, huh? Jesus said, he knew the people are watching Jesus. You do one thing wrong, die. You look at it, Jesus said, I know. All these people, they are carefully watching me. Their heart was very far from Jesus. Now, these are the group of people they think that they're above the rest. You read at verse 7. They really think they're above the rest. Why? Jesus said, Verse 7, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honour, everyone wants to sit 
closest to the prominent host. Now, we do not know who is the prominent host. Same thing. If Chris Evans or whoever you think you like famous is sitting at the front seat, will you not want to be the closest to him? Nice man to rub shoulder. Hey, Chris Evans, my buddy. Who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? The person next to you. Eh, my one Chris Evans. My best friend better than your best friend. <laughs> Everyone wanted to sit close to the prominent host place. So Jesus said, no. Over here, this group of people, they feel that they deserve to be the banquet. Why? I'm better than everyone who is not invited. I'm better than them. See? The prominent hosts invite me, not the rest of the people. They went, and then this guy who heard what Jesus said about reaching out to people. Uh, if you got dinner, don't just invite famous people. Invite those not famous ones. Invite. Hey, Asian context, you know, right? If people invite you to, your, if people invite you to their dinner, you don't criticize them, correct? Make sense or not? If someone invites you to their house, don't go and criticize their house. Don't go and criticize their food. Make sense? Asians, we all know, huh? safe face. Don't tell them what they did wrong. Correct? So this guy, he heard, wow, this Jesus, during dinner, you dare to talk about parable and teach about the parable who you should invite. Huh? And this guy said with that, he told Jesus off. The Bible didn't say it, but I'm just guessing. Perhaps this person told Jesus of, you know what, Jesus? Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus, count yourself lucky. Count yourself blessed that you're even invited in this banquet. Don't go and tell the prominent host what you have done wrong. Shame, lah. Don't. Or maybe this person is saying this. Maybe not at Jesus. Maybe he's saying to himself, blessed is the one who is invited to this banquet and not this. And he changed. Don't want to highlight himself so much. He will say something that's spiritual, but actually to say that I'm good. And he said this, blessed is the one that's invited to the feast in the kingdom of God. He included himself in. He dared to say, I'm invited by God. And Jesus said, aha, I will use this opportunity to talk to you. So Jesus shared this story. And you remember every time Jesus shared a parable, it's about him. He always emphasized on other people and how to lift them up. While sometimes we, like the men, we emphasize on ourselves and how to lift ourselves up. Very different. Now, with this context in mind, with whatever I told you, keep this context in mind and we look at Jesus' story and see that we want to look at the glimpse of his heart. See how Jesus feels about things. My first point is this, for everything is now ready, verse 16. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had past tense. Huh? He told his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. This is the story about a man, the master of the banquet. He prepared a great, uh, a great banquet, assuming it's a wedding banquet. Because he used the story early on. Assuming it's a wedding banquet, he invited many guests. And he said in this story, when everything is ready, the food is ready, the MC is ready, the couple is ready, everything is ready, he says, now the guests can come. Now, I want you to ask this question and you figure it out. Now, what is this banquet about? Is this a Christmas party? Is this a Christmas party? Since you're not answering, let me drink water. Ah, okay, let me continue. <laughs> is this a Christmas party? No, 
Is this a baby shower feast? What is this banquet about? Yes, this banquet is about wedding. Now, what is every wedding about? The wedding is about who? Who is the king and queen of the day? Yes, yes, it's about the couple. Nothing to do with the guests. If you're invited to a, someone's wedding, the highlight is always the couple. Nothing to do with the guests. The merit, the credit goes back to the couple. They're the master of the banquet. They're the whole point. Whole point. And the guests fighting. Who take what place and all that. Jesus said, no, no, no. I think you missed the point. So he told this story to them. Now, this is a real one. Huh? If you are not invited to your someone's, if you are not invited to someone's wedding, do you realize that people make a fuss out of it? Why didn't you invite me? Why you invite the person? The person very close to him. I'm very close to him. You know, last time I cook, I cook. He poor time I help him. You know, he. The wedding banquet is about the couple, not about us. Not about us. We don't have a right. We demand to have a seat there. Nothing to do with you. Is their banquet? We, as guests, we are privileged to be invited. It's always, always about the couple, not about us. Now, this one, Pastor Anne remind me, I shared it in the first service, I'll share it here as well. Pastor Anne always remind me, you know, because every time when I go for wedding dinner, by now you guys know, uh, I actually like people. When I see people, I have to talk. I have to. It's like a disease, you know. Must one. Must. You ask me, uh, if I sit with someone on the table, don't talk. I feel very weird. Uh. I feel weird. You ask me not to talk to people, it's like not asking me not to breathe. It's very weird. It's very unnatural. So I see people, beta hard, I must talk. So every time I go to a wedding, I'll tell my wife, you sit here, quiet, quiet, good girl. You sit here. <laughs> you sit here, okay? I will go around and just greet people. How are you at the wedding? I like people. I enjoy connecting with them. Now, every time when I go, after a while, okay, I forget to come back. Okay? <laughs> then first time you find me, he's like, nudge, hey, come back. You know, right? This is not your wedding. I said, yeah, man, not my wedding. Sorry, yeah. Sometimes I forget, oh, I go, go talk, and they come back. Now, the wedding is always about the couple, not about the guests. So in this story, Jesus is using this and telling the, 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 the hey, is this, in this story, it's about the couple, not about the guests. It's not about who, in his context, it's about not who sits where. It's not about you guys. So he's actually reminding. And remember, in the wedding, uh, when everything is ready, then the wedding starts. And you remember that because the wedding is not about us, do huh? you know that the timing also is not about us? Everything about the wedding is not about The deco is not about us. It's about what the couple want. The food that they serve is not about what the guests like to eat. It's about what they want to serve it out, what they like to eat. Their wedding date, the wedding date, do you think the couple sent a survey? Let's survey, huh? I'm getting married, okay? Let's do a survey. How many people in Agape, when are you free? And then I'll set the wedding date for you. You think the couple will do that? No. The couple will just discuss among what, what is the best one, what is the ong date, you know? What's the best one? Check with our parents. Everything okay? Jalan. Send the invitation out. Those who can make it, good. Those who can't, just too bad. That's all. Even the timing, nothing is about the guests. It's always about the couple. And when everything is ready, Everything's ready. The food is ready. Everything's ready. 
Then they open the door and say, now everything is ready. The couple is ready. The food is ready to be served. Everything is ready. The music on. Okay, party start. Then they open the door. Everyone comes. When everything is now, for everything is now ready, then everyone comes in. Leave no one behind. Everyone must come in. Now, in this context, in this about this parable, you link back. Jesus is trying to say this. God prepared the way for mankind's salvation through Jesus Christ. Not only God prepared the way, God actually invited His people in. He asked His secret agent, the call-out ones, the church today, go out and bring people in. God prepared heaven and God prepared a way to heaven. And He says in heaven, there's a feast, there's a celebration. When the time comes, everyone come back home. God sent out many Old Testament heroes and prophets to draw people back to Him. God sent Jesus and His disciples in the New Testament to draw people back to Him. God sent us, His church today, in the modern times, to draw people back to Him. Regardless of when, same mission. The mission is this, leave no one behind. Nothing changed. Leave no one behind. Why? For everything is now ready. That's all. Everyone now come home. Why? Everything is now ready. Right now, I want you to hold that thought for a while. Then we will revisit that. Now, I want you to identify yourself as the servant. I want you to think, you are the servant. You are being given the instruction. Today, the church, all of us, we are the agents of God. We are the agents of God. God gave us a mission. Now, I want to remind you once again, who is this banquet for? The couple, the master of the banquet is for them. So when the master says, come for everything is now ready, is ready. When God says, heaven is ready, the harvest is ripe, the harvest is plentiful, come. The calling, the mission, the goal is very clear for all of us. Come for everything is now ready, clear. This one, the parable, not even in the middle. Jesus make it clear, the mission is clear. Everything is now clear, bring people in. Let me move on to the next point. My second point is this. First point, for everything is now ready. Second point, but everyone is not ready. Isn't this the case? When you receive a wedding invitation, the wedding invitation say, okay, we are going to go maybe Regent Hotel or where, where famous one. Huh? Okay, you know, you're like, hey, in Sudan, there's a few famous places. Go there for a wedding and then you receive the wedding card. The wedding card says, dinner starts at 7 p.m. They always have the word there, sharp in bold, italic, and then got the mark there, okay? 7 p.m. sharp. What time the dinner start? 8.30, yes! The dinner will start at 8 or maybe worse, 8.30. Always start late. Why? Why start late? Yes, you guys experience. Experience must be invited a lot of time, right? To weddings. Yes, everyone is not ready. My wedding, 7 p.m. I already know, confirmed. Malaysian, uh, half an hour late, one. Started at 8, you know. One hour late. I cannot start. Not that I don't want. I can't start. Half the people not around. Uh, not around. The relatives are not even here. Cannot start. You start the wedding without your relatives. For life. Yeah, you fill in the blanks. For life. They remember you fondly. <laughs> right? So in this context over here, you say, ah, yeah, Jesus prepared everything in the parable. Like, he prepared everything. He said, this master prepared everything, you know. He invited people. So last minute, how people come? Is this a last minute thing? When you go for people's wedding, is it last minute? Unless you crash through the wedding. Ah. But is it last minute? No, right? You're invited, right? Now they've got Facebook and all that. One year before, they already know. Six months before, confirm the place already. Confirm. 
one month before maybe the card just printed out and quickly sent to people. Right? You would have a prior invitation. People already, this is not a last minute invitation. In verse 17, you look at verse 17, you use, in English, you use a past tense. Had. Servants go out, call those people that had been invited. They had been invited. They know beforehand. No excuse. You know when is the wedding. So when the wedding starts, come. Clear parable. Now, Jesus used three typical uh, excuses as an example. You look over here in verse 18 to verse 20. Three typical excuses were given to the servant. Now, these three excuses were taken from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 5 to 7. Remember, context that this group of people are the Pharisees. They know the law. So they know. So Jesus used this. He says uh, in the Deuteronomy chapter 20, people can be exempted. I mean, people can be excused from going to war. If they build a house, but you haven't dedicated, you planted a vineyard, but you haven't enjoyed, if you're engaged, but haven't got married, don't need to go to war. This is what the law says. Don't need to go to war. Now, are they invited to war or a banquet? Banquet, right? So Jesus make it very ridiculous. You use those excuses. You use those excuses uh, to, be, to be exempted from war. You use all these reasons to be excused from war. You use that to be excused from a wedding. You know how ridiculous it sounds? So over here, he make it, he says, that's very ridiculous. And the Pharisee knew, those Pharisees who listened to Jesus, hey, isn't this law to go to war one? You use the same, you use the same excuse not to go to uh, the wedding? Very ridiculous. Jesus make it very, very clear to the Pharisee. There's no secret there. Now, the first two excuses were about going to a newly purchased field. There's a field and there's an auction they buy already buy. And I said, you know what? I can't go to the banquet. Why? I already buy all these things. I cannot go because I need to go see. Okay, everyone who's very good with shopping, huh? okay, especially the past one, the coming one, is it chop chop? Coming, huh? Past already, oh, what's today's date? Huh? <laughs> I should gone my mind. All right, anyway, yeah, today's it. <laughs> okay, if you want to buy something, do you buy first and then you inspect or do you inspect, inspect first then you buy? Which one do you do? You check first like, when you want to buy a car. Do you buy first and then only drive or you drive first then only buy? You test drive first. That's why it's called test, test, test drive. If you buy, you buy already, don't need test drive. You just drive only, just take the car, go. Make sense? So over here, they give this excuse. Jesus uses this as an excuse. It's very ridiculous. You don't buy, a, you don't buy something that say, oh, I cannot go to a bank. Why? I just bought this thing, so I need to go. Oh, sorry, yeah. Doesn't make sense. You check it out first, then you buy. It's not the other way around. Now, the other one also just as ridiculous. This is about getting married. Huh? You invite me to your wedding? I cannot. Lie. I cannot go to your wedding. Why? I just got married, so I can't go. Now, what has getting married got to do with going to other people's wedding? What's the connection? Okay, let me make it more ridiculous for you. Huh? Christmas party? I cannot go to your house Christmas party. Why? I just got married one month ago. Make sense or not? Doesn't make sense. And, by the way, if really you got married, I uh, don't know why, like, maybe your wife don't like you to go to people's house. Uh, maybe, like, huh? okay? Can you not go to the banquet first and then come back to your wife? Why so urgent? But, but, but go see why. That's why you can't go banquet. Jesus is making, he says, you know what? All the excuses that this first inviting give, all these excuses are very, very petty. 
very petty. Now, by now, if you're thinking, ah, Pastor Joshua, good. You're sharing this story very good. This story is about what? It's about Christian who responded to God. Just like the Pharisee, yeah? we responded to God. We come to this banquet. Yes, those people who, didn't, who got invited but didn't come. Yes, whack them. Jesus, whack them with your parable. Sorry, Pastor Joshua, whack non-Christian. Because we responded to God. They didn't. They give excuses. Whack them. No. Is this story, who is this parable for? Let's look at the context. Remember the context when I said the original audience. Who was Jesus talking to? Jesus was talking to the Jews, the Pharisees. He was not talking to the Gentiles. He was talking to the Jews. Jesus was rebuking this group of people. You think you are above the rest? Look at this group of Pharisees. They were busy eh, going there, not greeting one another and not talking. They're busy. They want to find the best seat, the one closest to Chris Evans, the one closest to the prominent uh, uh, host. The one, they were busy with place of honour. They missed the point. And Jesus is trying to tell them, don't think that you're above the rest. You're only keen on lifting yourself up. But Jesus is keen about lifting others up. God is keen to draw close those who are distant. Those who are far away, God wants to draw close. That's His point. It's not about whether people respond or not. It's about God. It's about the couple. It's about the master or the banquet. It's about them. Focus on them. I believe everyone is their own spiritual journey. They have their own time. They have their own place to respond to God. But I want to hold that thought for a moment. Don't think on that part first. Think about us first. Although the invitees in the parable, uh, the first group of people, is actually referred to those people who are not ready to respond to the gospel. But hold that thought. The attitude of not responding to the call of the master of the banquet can be applied to us. We are not the first invitees. Actually, we are the servants. We are not the first invitees. Today's context, think about this in today's context. Heaven is ready. The God of heaven is calling. Are we servants inviting? Are we inviting people back into the kingdom of God? Just like the movie. Are we saying to ourselves, leave no one behind? Everything is ready. Everything is ready. Regardless of people are ready or not, heaven is ready. Bring people back to God. That is our mission. He made it clear. And remember, the wedding is about the couple. The banquet is about the master banquet. It's always about the master. And the master's heart is this. He wants his house to be full. Everything already ready. Everything has been prepared. Jesus has opened the way. Jesus is calling his loving people home. Everything is ready. We the servants, we got this mission. Are we inviting people back? Is our passion for the invited, is our passion for people based on how they would respond to God or is it based on God's heart for them? Let me rephrase it clearer. Is it about their heart for God or God's heart for them? Every time when we invite them, do we think in our mind? Do we evaluate? Do we make it difficult for people? Do we make it difficult for ourselves? Over here, it's not about the people. It's about God's heart for them. Everyone is not ready, regardless. The mission is still the same. The mission is still leave no one behind for God's house must be full. Everything is now ready, clear. Regardless of the people respond, just invite. 
our passion must be based on God's passion for people and not people's passion for God. Regardless of how we think, regardless of how we think whether people is, uh, they are interested uh, uh, in God or not, regardless, our duty is still the same. Leave no one behind. Keep inviting people. Now, I want to share a story. This is very personal. And my dad is here, so I don't know how to share. So, hi. <laughs> As you all know, my dad got saved this year. Okay, and my dad knows I've been trying to reach out to him many years ago. Many years. Just keep telling him about God, keep telling him. But very difficult for me. Very difficult. That's why in my mind, in my mind, I actually told, I pray for my dad's salvation. But in my mind, for my dad, I didn't even use the word for my dad to get saved. For my dad to step into the church, impossible. Won't happen one. Why? I tried many times. Fail. Won't come one. Impossible. My dad is like my Red Sea. Cannot cross one. Confirm die one. Don't even waste time inviting. Cannot one. So I keep sowing seeds to my dad. Half-heartedly believe. I know God can do it. Just keep sowing. I know God can do it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. I'm not sure. Keep, keep sowing. Then one day, I go to his house. I kind of like, don't care, I just go. He went to visit my dad. Have a good chat with him, chit-chat, you know. Then I asked my dad this question. I say, are you bored at home? I asked him, just a general question, conversation. Are you bored at home? You know? Then my dad suddenly say, yeah, very bored. In fact, he was shaking. He said, yeah, very bored. <laughs> very sick very bored. I'm like, yes, you say you bored one. <laughs> don't find an excuse now. My dad said he's bored. I'm like, Yes. So I told my dad, you know what, since you say you are bored, you say one, I didn't say. Since you say you're bored, in our church, we got this seniors fellowship all around your same age, around 60s, you know, they would love to have your presence. Would you want to come since you are bored and nothing to do at home? Want to come or not? Then my dad says, you know, since so bored, nothing to do, right? Okay, lor. So my dad actually came to church. So my dad came to uh, the seniors. Well, the seniors were excellent. They were kind to my dad. They go talk to my dad, shake his hand. No? Oh, very kind. Like, wow, these people, very good. Huh? Then after my kind of when we were going back, so I was fetching my dad home. Then I'm thinking, how to invite to church on Sunday? Huh? Very difficult, no? You remember many years I got rejected flat to my place many years. That's why the, the fear is there. How to invite them? I'm thinking, ah, never mind, never mind. A Mother's Day coming. Mother's Day, huh? Invite my dad. My, I invite my father to Mother's Day. See the law. <laughs> Nothing wrong. <laughs> so I say, you know what? The church uh, got Mother's Day, you know, they got presentation, got all these things. You, know. you want to come? <laughs> you see my heart like, <laughs> you, you want to come? Driving, you know, cool. You want to come? Then my dad say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes! So bring you to church. Uh. Bring you to church first Sunday. Then fetch him back home. How to invite next Sunday? Uh, die, man. I was thinking, how do you want? He already come one time. You ask him to come second time too much, right? Just go for it. Then I'm like, you know what? Ah, agape in white. Billy Tan, the evangelist, remember Billy Tan? I said, you know what? I said to my father, Billy Tan is coming. He's agape in white. Agape in white means we open up our, our, our house. We open up our church so that we invite people to come just to experience church. That's all. Just to do life, you know, just to experience church. Then say, you know, he got a lot of story to tell. Very interesting lives. Would you like to come? Then my dad says, yes, sir. Do you know? All the while I'm inviting him, my heart, budu, budu, budu. When he's going to reject, I'm finding excuse for my dad. No lie, he's not convenient. He walk also not convenient. No, won't want to come on. My dad keeps saying yes, yes, 
yes. I'm like, what's happening? Uh? <laughs> Why every time say yes? Last time, no, 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 now yes, yes, yes. So, so something happening. That Sunday, only, only the second Sunday to church, my dad accepted Christ. That is our God. That is our God. And come back to this story. The master is calling. Heaven is ready for my dad. This secret agent of God chicken out. My dad almost missed, miss entering heaven. My dad almost missed his day of salvation just because I chicken out. Just because I scared. I dare not even invite. Almost our God is ready for people. The people, the people, they're ready for God. God's people, we are not inviting. Even we invite, uh, like me, you know, half, <laughs> scared. Just go. Now, uh, I'm telling you, uh, now I'm like an evangelist on steroids, you know. I'm not kidding. I see people in, as long as you haven't known Jesus, uh, I'm like, come bro. <laughs> come on. Bring you to heaven. This is nice. You haven't tasted my God. That's why you say don't like. You taste him first. Then you say, good. Good. I'm like on steroids. I'm crazy really. <laughs> why? God opened my race for my dad to step into the church. In my heart, that is my race Tabole one. Cannot one. And God says, the very thing you think is impossible, I'll open up your race Now the race opened at Jalan because I experienced the race I'm the gila already, you know. I'm like, which one? Which one? Which one I want to bring? People are more ready for God than we think. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers just go. Just go. Same. My brother, since my dad, I got a list of people in my family that I'm praying. Uh, I'm praying. My dad is an honest. Uh, my dad is the last one that I think he will accept Christ. But he's the first one. First, you see, God's, God's kind of uh, the last will be the first thing, you know. Tabale, tabale one. <laughs> so I'm thinking, who is the next in line? My brother. My brother. Now I look at my brother different. Oh. Before God gave me the steroid jab, uh, I look at my brother. Okay, no one. Uh, Make you interested in God. Life so messed up. You want to talk Jesus to him. Uh? He'll say, hey, you pastor, talk Jesus. Shut up, not practical. Not a real one. You don't live in the real world. You don't know how difficult it is. How to reach out. But now uh, I got steroid jab already. Uh, I saw the Red Sea miracle. Like, my brother can. Now I look at my brother. It's very different. I see him. Uh, he needs Christ. His life is messed up. That's why he needs Christ. I know it's difficult. The mission doesn't change. Leave no one behind. Leave no one behind. God's, the Father's house, His heart. I want my house to be full. I want all my children to come back. Just like the secret agent. They keep going back to the war-torn zone, keep smuggling people out in, back home. Bring the Jews back to Jerusalem. Bring our brothers and sisters back. After saving 100 people, 1,000 people, keep going back. No matter how dangerous the mission is, why leave no one behind? Our brothers and sisters is there. Heaven is ready. Are we bringing them home? Are we inviting them home? God only tells the servant, just invite. Your job is to invite. Regardless of their response, regardless of their excuse, just invite. Your part as my servant, your part as my agent, just invite. Give people the chance to say no to you. Don't say no for them like I did. Just could do it now. Uh, let's say I, 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 on steroid, right? I will move on, but I want to share this one. I'm so on steroid. Uh, in, I don't know what steroid you want to call this. Uh. <sighs> it's a spiritual steroid or something. 
I go and I, I injured my, my knee a few months ago. I injured my knee, it's very pain. I can't even squat. When I do what they call it, the gardening, uh, I can't squat. I have to squat like this. It's ridiculous. You know how I cut grass? Uh? Like this, cut. I can't squat. Pain. So I went to this physio. While the physio is fixing my leg, uh, my mind keeps thinking. I look at the physio. Instead of thinking of my leg, I look at this physio. This physio most probably not, G- uh, not, not Christian. Then he's fixing my leg. I'm thinking, because I know I talk. Then he said, oh, uh, they say, sir, what do you do? I just say, oh, uh, I work in a church. Then I just quiet. No response. No. Christian, oh, work in the church. Ah. Oh, which church? Ah. Then ah, you talk. Lah. He said, oh, I just put the seat there. Oh, I, I, I work in a church. Then she quiet. Then I'm like, most probably non-Christian. Chance lie liao. Then I'm thinking, what to do? What to do? Then I'm thinking, then he was talking, how did you injure your leg? Ah, then I thought, oh, I injured my I think most probably it's badminton, you know. Then I just put the seat there. Just invite, just put the chan, put there. Then she said, oh, badminton. I like badminton too. I'm like, yes! You say one, <laughs> Like my dad, oh yeah, you see the chan, okay, I can see the Red Sea, uh, the parting a little bit, just jalan only, you know. I see, okay, like, got lah, uh, a bit, one inch. Uh. Then I told her, you, you know what, I play badminton as well. I play every Sunday. You are free, you want to join? Then she said, yeah, yeah, when I'm free. When I'm free, I will join. Still excuse level, okay? But chill first. See, I said, never mind. Then actually my leg done already, uh, heal already. Uh. Don't need to go back. I'm thinking... One more try lah. Let's go one more try ah. Because I saw the Red Sea miracle already on steroid now. Ah. Go one more time lah. Just pay the money. Just go. Not for my leg. Actually, it's for her. <laughs> Not to fix my leg. So <laughs> just go there and then begin talk to her. They do exercise lah. No, I feel so. Uh, do, do, do. Then I talk to her. Hey, remember the day I talked about badminton? Uh, you want to join? Then she said, yeah, yeah, I want. But I work until seven. I say, good. My badminton, eight. <laughs> my badminton, eight. Say, you have my number. She said, yeah, yeah. I said, you're Amanda, when you're ready, you, you invite. Uh, uh, when you're ready, you come, uh, you, you have my number. She said, okay, okay. Now, is she in church? Is she in church? No. Is she invited? Yes, that's the point. God said, Joshua, your job very simple, just invite. She come or don't come, my, my problem. I'm the master. I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord of the harvest. My job to convict their heart. Your job, just invite. What's so difficult? Conversation, chit chat, talk only, talk only. I didn't even say, you know what? You fix my leg, but Jesus can fix you. Do, do, do you think I talk like that? <laughs> nothing, no gospel sharing, no Jesus, nothing. Just make that connection, just invite. Now, since you guys laugh already, uh, I, w- I want you to think of one opportunity that you can br- just invite people to something. Christmas, la, Chinese New Year, la, go to your, for your dinner, la, bring the person for lunch, la, regardless. Just keep inviting, just creating that. You know, your Red Sea? Sometimes uh, God will just open that one inch, one inch. If you see the opportunity, the Red Sea, one inch openly, you know, God is going to part the Red Sea in His time. One inch, I say, God, I just need an opening. I just need an opening. Just show me. If I'm in my conversation, I'll just, just talk, talk, talk. The moment I see God, Jalan Maso. Just go. And like I said, sometimes the harvest is more ready than we think. We always make excuse for people. Don't make for them. In fact, I feel uh, they got enough, enough excuse ready. Don't need to make for them. They already got different priorities in life. They may not be keen in God. But like I say, is it about whether the people is ready or not? No. God says, everything is now ready. People come, come to the feast. 
come to the feast. It's not about the people's response. It's about us. My last point. Regardless, it's still about God's house being full. Verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, you know what, this group of people don't want to come, fine. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has done. Done already, I invited all these people, but there is still room. Then the master said to his servant, go out to the streets, go to Jalan, go to the streets, just go out and even to the country lanes, make them come in, compel them that they come in, so that my house will be full. The father wants all his children to come home. Nothing has changed. The mission is still clear. Church, keep inviting people. Keep making connection. Keep sowing, regardless of their response. We as the servant don't get to change the mission. The mission is still the same. We do our part. Our God, the part the Red Sea, we do His part. Just keep doing, just keep doing. Just keep doing. And you'll be amazed, huh? the moment God part your Red Sea, you'll be like me, huh? really on steroids. Huh? Really gila. Huh? Now you see people like, yes, yes, can, can. People are more ready for the gospel than we think. People are more ready. I want to change my last point a bit. I won't go the direction as I did in my first service. I just want you to think, right now at this moment, every time we receive people, when we want to invite them, you will be just like me before the steroid jab, okay? Before the spiritual jab. You will oftentimes, you will evaluate in your mind. Ah, among my friends, ah, who is more likely to get saved? Ah, I see whose life, ah, this life better lah more suitable to accept Jesus. Ah, this person, ah, the person's lifestyle is like most agape and average one. See the way he wear, the way he talk, well, got job, steady one, can, can come church. Ah. Then you see, wow, well, this friend, ah, the job messed up, lah, English not good. Lah. Someone you go near, the hair got smell. Lah. Wow, lah. Then are very difficult. Lah. These people doesn't suit agape. We make excuses for people. We make it so difficult for people to come. We, because why? Scared. I make excuse for my dad. Won't come la, not convenient la. He don't like la, no mood la. My dad, did my dad say that? No. Everything I say man. I make excuse for people. Why? Sometimes it's, and I understand, it's not easy. It's not easy to invite people. But remember, it's not about us. And God used these three examples, just now he used. The crippled, the, the blind, the lame, and so include the, the poor. This group of people, he says, you know what? The Pharisees thought this group of people are not included in the kingdom of God. But God says, I want these people. That's why Jesus purposely chose this group. He put it in the parable. He's telling us this thing. Church, listen. Social, financial, education, physical, and even spiritual condition are not the criteria to be invited or not invited. No. God gave us this card called, you are invited. You are invited. There's no criteria, no terms and condition. You're handsome, come church. Your hair don't smell, come church. You've got a good job, good husband, good wife, good children, come church. No, no terms. Nothing. In fact, I want to find nothing. It's sign. God says, you are invited. Everyone, servant, just go out. Go out to the roads, go out to the country. Just go. Your colleagues, your friends, your relatives, regardless of how far you think they are from me, your job, just invite. 
My part, I will love them back to me. I will part your Red Sea. That's my part. Servant, just go. For us, don't make excuses for people. Don't worry. God will do His part. We just keep on tagging them back to God. Right now, as I want to close, I want everyone to think, I didn't do this in the first service, I would like to do this with you. I want right now, I think of one person that you invite for Christmas. Think of the name and then we pray together before we sing the last song. Think of one person and have faith that God loves this person more than you. Listen to this carefully. God loved my dad, God loved my brother more than me. Far, far, far more than me. God loved the person that you have in mind far more than you. He will bring His children home. Our part, pray, invite. Pray, invite. Sow the seeds. Sow, sow, sow. Invite, invite, invite. There will be a group of people that will reject you. But there are second and third group of people. If they will come, their time will come. Right now, think of one person and then we pray, then we sing the last song. Have that person in your mind. Have that person in your mind. But you're not limited to one thing. Father, right now, we commit ourselves as one church into your hands. Every name that appear in their mind, every name that appear in their mind, in their hearts, you place a name in their heart, in their mind, make it clear. They will continue to invest, they will continue to sow, they will continue to invite because you love this person more than all of us combined. So Father, we pray for these brothers and these sisters of ours that have yet to come to know you. That this Christmas, we believe, part the Red Sea. This Christmas, they will come to know you. We will invite them for Christmas service. We will invite them for our Chinese New Year if you have an event. We invite them for our Agape invite. We will invite them to Agape Nilai. We will invite people every opportunity. We will invite them to our house. We invite ourselves to their house. We will do what we can to just create the opportunity to connect with them. And you will do their heart of conviction. And I pray, Father, your heart of love for your children, reveal yourself to everyone that we are praying for. That they too will come to know you, O God. And I pray that we remember it's always about your love for people and not about people's love. People respond to you. And we pray, O God, for the salvation to come. Salvation to come in your time, in your time, O God, that these people that we have in mind, they will receive you as your personal Lord and Saviour. They will come to know your love and they will come to love you back. We commit all these people into your hands. We pray for their salvation. We declare their salvation to support their life. They will come to say yes to you and all of us say, in Jesus' most precious name, we all pray. Amen. Let's come and let's stand. Let's stand. Yes, God. Church, come, let's sing. Let's sing. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk on earth into 
Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we sing our heart out. We sing our heart out. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Let our heart beat, beat like yours. That you love our family, our relatives and our friends more than we do. So we pray you break our heart as a church. You break our heart as your servant. You break our heart, oh God, for what break yours. That you love people, oh God. The people that we dare not invite. You love them and you will bring them back home. Leave no one behind. Leave no one behind. For the Father is crying out. All His children should be found in back home. The Father means His children. The Father wants His children back home. No one should be left as an orphan. Everyone, everyone is invited back home. So we pray to you, Father. Let all that people that you love for God, everyone that we will invite, we pray to you, Lord Jesus, that this Christmas, that this Christmas, oh God, lead them back home to you. And we pray for each and every one of us here that you give us courage, you give us passion to just do it. Our passion for people is not based on their response to you. Our passion for people is based on your heart for them, oh God. So we pray right now that salvation will come to our family members, to our friends, the people that we will invite from now onwards, whether it's Christmas, Agape invite, or any other invitation, even for Nilai Church, oh God. Anyone that we invite, the seeds that we sow, you will bring them back home, oh God. So we commit each and every one of us here into your hands. We come before you and we say, Oh God, you will part the Red Sea. You will part our Red Sea. Our family, relatives and friends will cross over to the Promised Land. They will be found home for you love them. You love them. And all of us here, we want to pray in Jesus' most precious name. We all pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, let's spend some time right now individually just to say, God, use me as a soul winner. Hallelujah. Use me to bring someone to Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Rabba, in that name, in that name, in that name, in that name. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Hallelujah. Let us not be passive anymore about our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Oh God. In that name. In that name. In that name. In that name of Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. In that name of Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Church, I do not want to stretch this service any more further than is necessary. Pastor Joshua preached his heart out this morning. I, I sense his heart. I sense his passion. And we all do, isn't it? Huh? We, we actually heard not just a message, but we actually sense his heart this morning. And that's the Father's heart speaking to us through the heart of Pastor Joshua through his message. And last night we had an evangelistic uh, um, uh, 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 outreach uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday night Chinese service here. Uh, there was a guest speaker like at an invite Sunday. And this place was packed to the brim. 800 odd people packed this place here. You know? And everyone that was invited had to come in with a ticket. And they had to pay $20 to bring a friend to church. And without the coupon, you cannot come to church because uh, there were so many people, unless until, you know. And so the ticket was sold for an invite Saturday at 20 ringgit. And this place was packed to the brim. And then I began to ask myself, you know, we had uh, last, we had invite Sundays uh, uh, so many times. And last time we had was Pastor Glenn Lim. Uh, I was ashamed of myself uh, because I didn't bring anybody. Not that I didn't try, I tried, you know, one or two actually said they would come, but they didn't turn up. And then I says, actually, we do not need any invite Sundays. God is ever ready, has done everything. You know, if only we can say, God, use me as a soul winner. Let me be that evangelist for you. Actually, we don't need any invite Sunday. But invite Sundays are also just as important because, you know, for some of us, you know, we can actually bring friends and allow an evangelist or someone to speak into their hearts and into their lives. That's what Invite Sundays is all about. And so the next Invite Sunday that comes along, probably next year, we have a few others Invite Sundays. You know, as pastors, as, as leaders, we, we, we put all of this in place so that you can, we do our part, you can do your part to invite friends and then we can see God moving their hearts and their lives, all right? And so let's learn from that. 